0: Hello.
1: Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be doing this stream with you.
0: Yeah. My name's Lucas Brawley.
1: And I'm Carolyn Decker.
0: And we are Endless Beautiful. So what's the date today, Carolyn?
1: So today is December 30th, 2018. This will be our last show of the year.
0: Yeah. And
1: I don't know. Let's, let's do the traditional thing and, and look back on the year a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what are some highlights of 2018 what's a a highlight for you carolyn for endless beautiful
1: oh well i think we really branched out a little bit in terms of our audience and especially in terms of the workshops we ran this year Mm. we did some really fun stuff out at edgewood college in wisconsin Mm -hmm. our alma mater we did some stuff here in our home city of providence with frequency writers and just up the road in Pawtucket with the Galway Canal Poetry Festival and we collected so many cool sounds for those events too
0: yeah we did definitely oh yeah. and we also had the double ACS one too oh my
1: god yeah
0: <laughs> we did a lot in 2018
1: and that was fun too bringing in those kind of public elements of multimedia in that and they have such a cool space up at the double ACS
0: mm-hmm definitely
1: so what what stands out for you Lucas?
0: I think that those um definitely those things, I think we kind of cemented a little bit more of what our mission was in mm. 2018. Yeah. I think this um it started off as being a um a creativity prompt for us.
1: And it very much still is. Yeah, that.
0: and it was, and just trying to figure out like how that worked and how that mattered and how to really, I guess, and what it would mean to that. other people yeah. besides us. And I think as we kind of did these workshops and we tried these different settings and just got more experience and kind of understood how um, participants were kind of using these sessions and, and doing the workshops with us, I think we were able to kind of really identify, you know, the core element of creating those meaningful conversations. Hmm. Um, that is kind of the 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 key to what this whole thing is. And that was important to me because Endless Beautiful and... Um, many projects that I've done in the past, you know, um, I might seem like kind of a, a crazy person in <laughs> how I just, you know, put it together and just keep, like. it, <laughs> keep it going. But it, it's not, uh, I, I'm getting a lot out of by giving back to the community. And I, I feel um, good about that and it kind of feeds my soul a lot. Yeah, what, what do
1: you hope that someone in the community gets out of it?
0: Well, it's those meaningful conversations. It's mm. it's the creativity, yes, that, that is something that's great, but there's a big difference between what we're doing in terms of like, okay, this is some sort of commercial product, this will help, this is just to help your productivity, this is just to help your, your craft, mm. um, it's not that. There I mean, are
1: many great tools for that, and absolutely. that's not precisely what we do. And
0: you can certainly, you know, use this. But really, the reason why we do this is to get people in the same room, to start talking about their experiences, to um, kind of open up channels for uh, individuals to talk about their different perspectives. I mean, some of the greatest moments. I don't know if this was from 2018 or 2019 or I'm sorry, 2018 or 2017 <laughs> was, you know, a, a young mother opening up about um, r- raising her child with a disability and the whole room just, you know, in tears yeah. Um, and, and the catharsis or, you know, an, an 80-plus-year-old woman talking about her experiences as a child um, growing up during World War II. Mm. And well, that
1: reminds me of another event I forgot to mention that was really kind of groundbreaking for us with possibly the, the young woman you're talking about at the Family Fun Day for the families and friends of children with short bowel syndrome.
0: Yeah, well, actually this was a different time. Oh, it was? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there were just so many many of these moments. And Well, that
1: was when we kind of brought out our creativity table mm-hmm. for the first time and asked people to, hey, just come sit with us and draw a picture. A lot like what we do in our more structured workshops, but mm-hmm. just come over and chat with us and listen and yeah, talk and create.
0: I think it was it was good to just kind of think about like, okay, what are we really trying to do here? Because when we first kind of started taking Endless Beautiful out on the road, it was very much kind of in the mode that we had created it for ourselves. And I think that we've kind of tweaked the, the platform and understood what we're really after and opened it up for many different types of expression. Yeah. Um, so we have like the tables that we take out where people can listen to the headphones and they can draw pictures. We have all different types of art supplies. We have the new radio station.
1: Well, I was just about to ask yeah. you to talk about that. So, so that's kind of the biggest way that we've flung this wide open absolutely other people contributing to it
0: so this is like a brand new thing where we've got a 24 7 internet radio station yeah. that's on our website that you can tune in at any time and it's playing sounds from our sessions 24 7 now here's the cool thing though i mean that's cool but this is kind of embraces the the endless, beautiful kind of mindset. Now there is a way to submit your own sounds. And then those can go into the radio station. We actually have a couple from uh, Tom Gillespie. He sent us some sounds from hunting in Colorado and Idaho. That's on the station now. And th- that's just the beginning. So- and it will
1: continue to loop you know, in and out with, the other sounds that are all collected in there yes and I'm so excited for people to send us these sounds and to hear what life is like in their part of the world mm-hmm. and kind of just the sounds of their life
0: yeah so this I'm super excited about it because it's just another way for us to kind of look at each other's and listen to each other's perspectives mm-hmm. and just kind of throw into the community pot. Um, in this amazing project and I feel so blessed uh, to be a part of this Um, so we're gonna kind of do more of the traditional mode now we're gonna be doing uh, using one of our sessions as a creativity prompt so we're gonna take the 15-minute audio session we're gonna listen to it and Carolyn and I are gonna be writing while we listen to it can you give listeners any other um, advice going into this, Carolyn?
1: Sure, so you can use any creative medium you like. So for example, writing, drawing, painting, dancing, singing, or composing. And what we want you to do is let the sounds inspire or influence your creative choices. Mm -hmm. And it will be 15 minutes long, beginning and ending with a chime. And the challenge is just to continue throughout those 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So go beyond identifying the sounds and let them remind you of a memory or think of something totally brand new. It's completely in your hands and the sounds are just here to nudge you along the way.
0: Yeah. Um, so we want you to share what you created with us on our endless beautiful creators, Facebook group. Otherwise, um, Tom he actually sent us the sounds through the creators group so uh, and those were videos. so if you have like a video and you're not sure how to strip the audio out and you think that it would be a good addition for the radio station, go ahead and ask to uh, enter that group permission to get into the group and then you can send uh, those videos and share that and it's it's just about kind of sharing our lives. And just contributing and building that kind of strong community. So if you go
1: to our website, unlessbeautiful.com, you'll find the submission page for sending in those sounds. And you'll also get some rough guidelines on what kind of content we're looking for in those sounds.
0: Okay. Should we get to creating, Carolyn?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. It's going to start with a chime. It's going to end with a chime.
1: And which session is it?
0: We are going to be using Blacksmith, which I believe was session 32 or 38?
1: I think it was 38.
0: 38. Okay. So, just start creating something. Jot some words down. Uh, Draw a picture. Um, Just some thoughts. Doesn't matter. Um, Just use it as 15 minutes of just kind of deliberate kind of kind of creative thought and i think you will find that it feels good it's good mental exercise and you can kind of do it at uh, whatever pace you want to take it okay we'll see you guys on the other side
1: We got one of them back, and
0: we can get both of them back, and your wife's missing, too. I don't
1: think this matters at all, but it bothers me, so I'm going to... Thank <laughs>
0: we go we're back
1: we're back
0: how'd you make out
1: um well it didn't end up having anything to do with blacksmithing (laughs) oh well yeah how about you
0: uh yeah i it has absolutely nothing to do with blacksmithing i do remember recording that um at mystic seaport Mm. in connecticut though very cool place
1: Yeah, there was a very talented woman, Mm -hmm. blacksmith, making, Were they...
0: Barbed harpoons. Barbed harpoons. The switchy ones. I'm not sure what those are called, but Mm. it was a big... It
1: was an important technological advancement. Yeah. I wish I remembered the name of the inventor.
0: Okay, so, of course, we don't remember who went last time, who went first last time. Do you remember? I think I
1: did, so I think you should go.
0: Now it's my turn. All right, well, I will read what I was able to come up with during those 15 minutes. He poured the small stones into the glass jar. It was nearly full. The weight of it had been growing heavier over the past two hours, but the chanters demanded that the rite be carried out fully. Children laughed as they skipped along the beach, throwing small sticks at the gulls and kicking at knee-high waves his brow was dripping with sweat his eyes stung from the wind salt and sand the jar slipped in his hand as his muscles cramped he knelt and cradled it near the core of his body at one time he might have asked himself does this matter he hadn't eaten for days two days long white blisters flecked with blood lined his feet He had sustained a gash on his shin from slipping on the algae-covered rocks. It had almost cost him the jar. It had almost smashed upon the rocks. The children sitting in the grass above the dunes laughed, but he had caught it. There were times that he felt like he was flying as he walked upon the beach, holding the jar, waiting for the stones to be loaded within. His stomach felt as if it dissolved or perhaps slid down his leg and out the tips of his toes, relieving him of the added weight and trouble of eating. In the beginning, when the ceremony began, he remembered wondering how a gull would taste if he would strike it with a jagged rock, smash its beak, and roast it on a spit. He had supposed then that it might taste like chicken, or maybe a tame fish, but now He had forgotten what any of that tasted like, or why it even mattered in the first place. A young girl, perhaps five years old, placed her hand on the lip of the jar. He looked down at her delicate fingers, grasping at the smooth glass, and was struck by how extraordinarily small and articulate they were. It took him a moment to realize what she was doing that the stones that were appearing in her palms and being flung out into the sea had come from his ceremonial jar. She laughed and marveled. He sat as she pulled more of the stones from the jar and threw them out into the water. Her eyes sparkled green and blue. She jumped and splashed like the happy gulls. Before he knew it, half the jar was gone. That's it.
1: Hmm. That was really vivid.
0: Yeah, I I think I was um, I I was going for that. I think I was able to kind of identify a bit of a theme that I wanted to work with hmm. early on.
1: Well, I think that whole setup of this ceremony and the ritual and. And kind of this journey, uh, carrying the jar along this shoreline, is yeah, it's really intriguing. And mm. personally, I'm fascinated by ritual, and I'm so mm-hmm. curious about what the context behind this scene, and and, and like what what will happen well, now that the the jar has been emptied, and it's sort of this lovely, intimate moment, but it's also like, you know, I don't know if this is going to get him in big trouble.
0: Would you like me to tell you what the theme of this is? Sure. And what it's about?
1: I mean, unless you think it will spoil somewhere you would go with this No, I don't think so. Okay.
0: I think this is being a parent and to have children um we were at the yeah,
1: say say more about that,
0: yeah, well, so it's the holiday season, and we've uh, i had was fortunate enough to be around my parents uh, this holidays, and also we were by your family, Carolyn, and mm-hmm. there are little kids running around and parents being parents and kids being kids. And we were at the uh, Writers Club earlier today, and we were speaking with Jody, and she was talking about being around kids and getting sick, and everybody's been sick, and...
1: Is it important to note that we are not parents?
0: We are not parents. Yeah. And I guess as an outsider, or somebody that is not a parent, I guess I you you see kind of the sacrifice that somebody has to make. The priorities shift, hmm. or at least I imagine they shift. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I would hope so. And really this idea of, you know, that's why, you know, in the beginning, it's like, does this matter? You know, before being a parent. After that point, kind of has this you know he's taking this jar but there are many setbacks and at one point you know there's the small girl actually taking the stones out of the jar which might actually kill this person because they cannot their mission is not completed until the jar is filled with stones and the girl is casting the stones back out into the sea and you know there's an, an enormous kind of Physical kind of effort But also a bit of transcendence um, In Mm. you know Hunger is no longer An issue or at least not uh, A priority
1: Yeah the way you described the stomach Sliding away it was really Interesting
0: And I guess this kind of has allowed Me or it's given me A means to kind of think about these things Hmm. um, Without being a parent Myself so
1: hmm.
0: yeah, that was that was fun. I'm glad I was able to do that. Uh definitely not what I was expecting going into this. Yeah. But. All right, Very Carolyn.
1: Deep and broad metaphor there.
0: Thanks. Will you share what you came up with?
1: Sure. Well, I I touched on some of the same images. Here we go. Wrestling means that among the marbles something in the jar is alive, to be counted, slippery among the interstitial of the spheres. Can it be seen? Does it matter, the thing itself, and whether it can be seen? The pulse quickens, the quick of the nail at the edge of life reaching under the lid, uncertain of its expectations. So then, the same question, does it matter to me? Does not matter at all? If I know how to open the jar, should I? Those internal conditions change by that conditional. The shift of it, the twist. Is this too serious? Maybe it isn't so dire, this living, that living thing. But even so, how would I know? Can't know its song unless it sings it. Can't know if it sings unless it sings it. Does knowing such things matter? The thing, and self, and whether it sings. Is the buzz of curiosity worth the cause, the effect, the consequence? Is consequence the opposite of sequence? The thunder echoed back from the burst, the result, possibly an insult. Intention passed off as the precursor to the tension it makes, what it precipitates. What is saturated in that flooded jar?
0: Hmm.
1: I got to do some fun wordplay. Uh,
0: yeah. I think this, you know, really... It kind of... It was like this... Almost this exercise of logic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And kind of classification. Yeah. And... It really, um, it made me think about, like recently you were were telling me about maple trees. Yeah. And how, you know, getting the syrup from the maple trees. And you, you told me that actually, you know, all trees do this and kind of the mechanisms of, you know, the leaves drawing the water up and, and one thing that really struck me, though, was that in Native American cultures, that these trees were actually considered citizens hmm. of, you know, that that tribe.
1: Yes, so that that was something I read about in Robin Wall Kimmerer's book *Braiding Sweetgrass*, and unfortunately, I haven't been a a very thorough reader because I cannot remember. The nation to which sure. she is a citizen, but, but it, it was in in her tradition that the maple trees were considered people. Yeah, and they were, <laughs> they had a, a a say in kind of how things went.
0: Well, that's a, a pretty dramatic departure from
1: oh my God. Western thought,
0: right? But it's it's incredible when you start framing things like that. And well, it,
1: it really gives agency to other living things and that is something that uh yeah i guess the kind of classical logic grecian roman lineage of of western thinking doesn't extend that agency to anything besides people
0: so can you tell me a little bit about when you uh, one of your lines was you can't know what something is if it doesn't call out or something like that you you kind of have this chain of logic of almost identification but you need these parameters
1: yeah in order to
0: you know make that judgment
1: well I started out thinking about well hearing this sound that was I thought like marbles in a jar Mm mm-hmm And kind of that classic carnival puzzle of if you can guess how many marbles there are, then you win and you get to keep the jar or whatever. And I, for some reason, imagined that there was some little critter in the jar as well among all the marbles that wouldn't really be a part of that equation, but Mm. it was in there too. And, And then... Yeah, going along that kind of logical train of, well, how do I know what it is if I can't see it or if I can't hear it? And kind of this, well, a scientific question of how do I know anything about this thing without proof Mm -hmm. and without observation and and without kind of verification? And there's also a big kind of theoretical problem in conservation that if you start looking and prodding and trying to unpack things, you will change the conditions and you may not get the objective results you want. Mm. So, you know, even just the simple thing of trying to get a closer look by unscrewing the lid of the jar maybe that will kill the thing and you won't learn anything at all because you've disrupted the system mm-hmm. and you just kind of lost all chance of figuring out what you wanted to figure out. Mm. So there was kind of that question at play and also whether knowing those kinds of things would be important. Um so kinda like you had a, a question of priorities. Hmm. Yeah. And I had another thought.
0: Let me ask you. Oh, but you- there
1: was a there was another moment that if I remember right, the it was the sound of us just kind of goofing off into a fan. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, that was awesome.
1: And I was sitting here, you know, off camera just really smiling and being like, that was a really goofy thing to do. Yeah. And, but I remember as a kid, like doing that with my siblings too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we sound so funny. And I think that's another element of asking these questions is, are you taking this all a bit too seriously? Mm. And I tend to take things a bit too seriously just as my personality. And I, I appreciated the reminder to, do that check and say like, is this as dire as it might appear to be?
0: Yeah. Have you ever had a, some kind of, you've received some sort of information, some sort of perspective, um, and it's allowed you to see something in an entirely different way or see the world in an entirely different way? Like,
1: oh, sure. At once. There was a really pivotal moment for me when I was on my Watson Fellowship, and I was in the Northern Territory in Australia. And I visited some really amazing places in the NT. And I I did get to visit Uluru, which is kind of that iconic big red rock in the middle of the outback. But I also went to the Kakadu wetlands, uh, which are more toward the the north side of Australia, some of the most amazing wetlands on earth and I got to do a tour of some Aboriginal art and <clears throat> excuse me, and these different rock art sites, you know some of them tens of thousands of years old, and the guide telling those of us on the tour some elements of the stories surrounding those pieces of art and and their cultural heritage but also him telling us there are pieces of these stories that i know and that people who belong to this land know and you will never know them i will never tell you and and i think it was a very naive perspective i had that like oh well if i look into it i'll just i could know anything i wanted yeah and kind of being explicitly told there are things you will never be allowed to know because they're not yours to know yeah was a really hard lesson Mm. but it really changed kind of my expectations and my perspective on what was mine to know and I'm kind of coming to grips with the fact that I shouldn't think I would be allowed to know everything about their lives and their history hmm. it's, it's still a little bit troubling right yeah. but yeah what about you have you ever had kind of a, a pivotal realization like that
0: oh um, I don't know if, I think I might be a little, have a little bit thicker skull than you. So it, it takes a little while for these things to sink in for me. <laughs> um,
1: I don't think you give yourself enough credit. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I I think that, um, maybe... I know there was a, a dramatic kind of change for me when I was um, transitioning from my military service to being a civilian. Hmm. And
1: was there a, a particular moment that that was like a a real rift in like, oh, this would be different if I were still thinking about. If I was still coming from the perspective of being in the military,
0: sure. I, I I think that that definitely happened, and I think kind of those big, I guess, game-changing moments. Like it, it took some time for me to to make that transition, or whatever, happened when I was outside of the country as well. Hmm. When I was, you know, spending time in China, when I was thinking about. Um, and I remember one of my—I was interning actually in the art district in in Beijing, actually under David Ben Kay, who was one of the people that founded the Seven Nine Eight Art District, and it was just this amazing experience that I was able to have for a month, and it really kind of started a lot of the stuff that. What Endless Beautiful is, things that other projects that I've worked on uh, in the past. I was already working with some community art stuff, but I remember at that time. um,
1: Well, that's uh, a real game changer.
0: Yeah. And this was really kind of like this kind of a magical place. You know, it really taught me, because what uh, David had done is he had converted this old munitions factory, a Cold War munitions factory, into what would become the Art District, which is just a sprawling, massive, um, amazing place in Hmm. Beijing, China. And he had this suspended, I don't know how long it was, it was like a 50-foot suspended pool with a glass bottom, and it was made out of brick, and he would swim Yeah, and while I was working, so this is when I was just starting, like when I went there, I didn't know anything about doing anything with a website, very limited multimedia experience. The pool Um,
1: was on the second floor?
0: It was suspended. It was by itself. Yes, it was on the second floor, but it was its own thing. And... He,
1: wow. You know, Whoever built that must have had some <laughs> insane engineering to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. And while I was working, you know, I'd work on the website stuff. Like I rem- remember he would just go for swims during the afternoon and I'd have to close my laptop because water would be splashing what? out from uh, above. Yes. And I had to, uh, you know, we had all these. So you're
1: like <laughs> dashing madly to save these computers from the floating like pool?
0: My, my own thing. And... You know, it's every day was kind of like build your own thing. But here was somebody that was massively respected. I I mean, I had all artists that would ask me. They were like, "What's it like to work?" You know, for David Ben Kay. And we would have like the ambassador from Australia come there. You know, and really big dignitaries to come to this small studio. And I was trusted with setting. A lot of this stuff up A lot of the technical aspects And I didn't know anything about it But he trusted me
1: Well that's kind of a a big deal Because he didn't know you before either
0: Right and it was I remember one day Because we had all these tables set up And it was kind of like a common kind of Area where you would come in And there's just a bunch of weird art stuff around And one day he was taking all these white kind of big pieces of paper and he was putting it around the tables and he said, okay, I want you to set up the colored pencils and things. And I want you to tell people that when they come in, they can draw a picture. And then I want you to take pictures and I want you to put that on the video feed. And it kind of, at first I was like, okay, this is really strange. We're kind of mixing the thing up. But then once people came and they started to draw it built upon itself. Hmm. And I think, you know, just having somebody trust in me like that to be outside of the country. And this was the first time that I really wasn't on the leash from the Marines. You know, I, at that time, I was still because I did four years of active duty and I was in college uh, I was doing three years of reserve time. Well, this was at the, I was still in the reserves, and I had to do a bunch of paperwork to tell them that I was going over to China, which, understandably. But when I came back, I got out immediately. Hmm. And...
1: Before it, you went, did you plan no, to I, get out? No, I did You thought you would continue in the reserves?
0: Probably. And hmm. I... I, I didn't that, know that. That was kind of that transitional kind of point. It's like, okay... Now I know what I need to do. Now I am a different man. Hmm. Like I carry I carry these experiences with me from my, you know, time in the Marines, but now I have a different mission. And I am qualified enough to do it. Like I don't know all the answers, but I'm good enough to figure it out. Yeah. And that kind of really started me um, on this journey, you know, of of us being here today.
1: Wow! So. Thanks, David Benke. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So, uh, thanks for asking that question. It was good to kind of think about that again. I haven't thought about it in a long time.
1: Yeah, it was nice to hear those details about it.
0: Okay, so there's our conversation. There's our creativity. We're going to post this stuff up on our website, EndlessBeautiful.com. It's going to be on our Endless Beautiful Creators page. Also, we've got that radio station going. So I want you to send us sound so I can feed it into our our radio station server
1: make it your new year's resolution to send us a sound
0: I think you're gonna have a lot of fun with it we have a lot of fun going around and recording cell phone recordings are actually that's kinda what we're looking for
1: yeah that's totally sufficient
0: yep so go ahead and send it along and we can just throw it into the pot and we can just build that creative community and
1: make it richer and richer
0: yeah so that's it for us For 2018, we're going to see you guys next Sunday. It's going to be 2019. We'll have another stream for you. Uh, Please check us out on Facebook. Uh, We have an Instagram. Check out our website. All of our stuff is on there. We've got a lot of different things going on. So, um... If you're interested, go ahead and check it out. And you can also get all of these sessions. They're in our library. And when you get one of our high-quality sessions, that money goes toward helping us put this project on. Because um, yeah, it's not free, right? <laughs> and we're really we're supported. We do have we've received some small grants in the past, but really uh it's supported by Carolyn and I and your support through the sessions. So please um, go ahead and contribute if you can. So that's it for me. I'm Lucas Prawley.
1: I'm Carolyn Decker.
0: This is Endless Beautiful.